Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is a place where you can say what you want as long as you've got the facts. We don't have a whole lot to talk about today, but uh, the things that we do have to go over are quite important. Uh, so we're going to get right into it with the war on the street. And I'll be giving you guys an update today on the Trump impeachment inquiry. Uh, yesterday, we had a testimony from the current uh, ambassador to the European Union, that being Gordon Somlin. Uh, the Trump donor turned ambassador testified yesterday that he uh, he and uh, he and other uh, high-level U.S. officials bombarded the Ukrainian government with numerous requests to open two investigations to secure a meeting with President Trump between uh, President Zelensky and Trump. Not even just to secure the aid, but just to secure a meeting with Donald Trump. Uh, there needed to be an opening of two investigations. We'll get to those in just a second, but we already we already know. Uh, he testified he assumed that the aid was being held because President Zelensky would have publicly uh, would have to publicly publicly commit to these investigations. He and Trump, that being Sondland and Trump, would speak to the speak on the phone at least twenty times to discuss the matter, and that's all according to uh, testimony. Now, again, what that shows me that pretty much. Uh, well, this is what I've been trying to tell you guys. It's been a, uh, it was a long, or a I wouldn't say necessarily a long pattern, but it's definitely uh, been a a time, a period of time in which they've been calling and grilling each other and prepping each other, and also trying to prep Zelensky uh, for uh, an initial agreement. And that agreement was, of course, to conduct the investigations. The reason that the the reason that the Ukrainians still have the aid despite a despite an investigation not taking place is because of this course the whistleblower came out this is this is what we know period point blank but there was an attempt to to bribe people this is this is the whole point here now under the direction and this is of course testimony from your boy Sondland uh, under the direction of president uh, under president and also Giuliani to investigate the 2016 election uh, and also uh, Burisma, who is an energy company in, in Ukraine where Hunter Biden used to sit, uh, sit on the board. So again, uh, this was not only done to, I guess, the investigations, the Republicans, Republicans not only want to investigate the Democratic server uh, during this 2016 election, but also a energy company within the Ukraine that Hunter Biden sat on the board for again. Uh, Again, they're trying to implicate Donald Trump. Uh, well, they're trying to implicate Joe Biden. And something. that was the whole point of the Republicans. But again, the, the plot got figured out. Um, but what it's worth, again, for those of you who might be saying, oh, well, hmm, that's funny. Uh, you know, Hunter Biden is on. Uh, well, he was on the panel to this U Ukrainian, you know, energy company. But OK, but look who's there now. Uh uh, uh, signing the big budget contracts with the Ukraine and, and their companies. Well, it's the U.S. government. It's Rick Perry. It's one of Donald Trump's boys. So, if you're if you're questioning that, then question what the U.S. Department of Energy is doing under under the direction of Rick Perry. So again, uh, there's there's some questions there's some questions that could be raised on all counts. 
Okay. Now, Mr. Giuliani's request, again, this is another direct quote from, uh, from Simon. He would go on to say, Mr. Giuliani's request were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House meeting for, pre uh, for President Zelensky. He would also go on to say, in the absence of any credible explanation for the suspension of aid, I later came to believe that the resumption of security aid would not occur until there was a public statement from Ukraine committing to the investigations of the 2016 election and Burisma. A, uh, and this is something that also uh, that Mr. Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, also had demand. This was also in the ether. So again, um, what the Republicans did after this, because again, it was him assuming, I guess, or in his assumption. Uh, of course, the Republicans jumped on this and said, of course, well, it's an assumption. It's a presumption, so it can't be real. Of course, that's their biggest thing. Uh, but however, if a dentist looks at your teeth and tells you the way that you're taking care of your teeth, he asks you for a few questions. You say, oh, yeah, I eat candy a lot uh, or I smoke or I drink coffee a lot. If a dentist then tells you, I presume that because of your diet, you're going to get some type of cavities or some type of teeth issues would you would that not be credible credible evidence if somebody tells somebody who's working directly involved as an ambassador uh working with a european country uh tells me that he believes that the hold on a certain amount of aid was because of a because of because of an investigation that needed to be publicly publicly committed to I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe it when a t when a current U.S. diplomat tells me the aid was held up because of this political reason. I'm sorry, that's just kind of how it is. If a doctor tells you you smoke a lot and he, he, you smoke and, and you don't exercise, or, or let's say for instance you eat a lot, eat a lot of fast food and you eat a lot of sugars and you don't work out, you don't get enough fruits and vegetables for him to, to for him to tell you, I presume you might get diabetes. Would you argue with that? No. When Gordon Sondland, the current EU ambassador, tells me in the absence of credible, in absence of a credible explanation for the suspension of aid, I later came to believe that the resumption of security aid would not occur until there was a public statement. Then that tells me that that's pretty much was the case. Again. The reason that Ukraine got the aid was because, again, there was a whistleblower. Now we know about this situation. Had we not known about this situation, we would have been dead close to an investigation. Now, Trump can say, I want no quid pro quo. He, could, he recently said that, uh, actually yesterday, uh, in a big time statement, he had his notes with him. He said, I want no quid pro quo quid pro quo i want nothing that is a lie because the transcripts in the in the in the even in the white house transcript that they released to us regarding the telephone uh call it clearly stated can you do me a can you do us a favor period and he asked him to go look into it's clearly in in dead state in, in his in his language in his and this is what again this is what the white house press released I have the transcript. Can we should we go back and talk about it just for a second, just for reference? Do you would you like if I did that for you guys? Let's do it. Let's talk a little bit about this again. Let's go back to July the 25th for you guys, just so you guys can get uh, a very good idea of what I'm talking about. Now again, this is from the the actual uh, transcript of the phone call that the White House gave to you. Let me re let me repeat this this quote here. I've talked about it before when I originally talked about this being released. Again, this is this is from the White House. This is what Trump told Zelensky. There's a lot of talk about Biden's son. 
that Biden stopped the prosecution and a lot of people want to find out, find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. This is a response from your boy, President Zelensky. Since we have won the majority in our parliament, the new prosecutor general will be 100% my person, my candidate, who will be approved by the parliament and will start as the new prosecutor in September. He or she will look into the situation, specifically the company that you mentioned in this issue. Again, no quid pro quo? Really? No ask? No, you wanted nothing, Trump? Really? Mmm, that's not, that's not what I'm seeing here. I don't see that at all. Mmm. Okay, so to some more what Trump says. I would listen, this is, again, these are quotes that I'm reading from the White House, uh, the White House transcript of this phone conversation. The White House put this out. This is not hiding in plain sight. Either you want to see it or you don't want to see it. This came out the words of Donald Trump, July the 25th. You holler at me in my comments. Come and call, call. Hey, argue with me. I'll give you my phone number at the end of the show if you'd like so you can t- come text me about it. Let's talk about it. This is what the man said. No quid pro quo. I want nothing. He's a liar. That's at, he's, He came out that with his ass. This is what he said in the first statement. The first major statement from the transcript. Would you do us a, I would, I would like for you to do us a favor though, because our country has been through a lot, period, point blank, done, no nothing, you wanted nothing, first statement, first half a statement, I would like you to do us, excuse me, I read it wrong the first time, I would like you to do us a favor though, stop it. This came from the White House transcript. He wanted nothing. I would like you to do us a favor, though. No, 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 no. That man wanted something, and he got caught in within the act. There's nothing you can tell me. Any. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you you. There's nothing you defenders can say to me anymore. Period. There's nothing. There's nothing I can. There's nothing. Here we go. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server. They say Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on, the whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some uh, people. I would like, uh, with some people uh, referring to, you know, some bad people. I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. That's a request. That sounds like something you want somebody to do. That doesn't sound like you you want nothing. Sorry, you have to use your brain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if people are so slow to the point where they where they really think that this is somehow just an okay thing to do. If there was a crime, you go to the FBI. You go to your you go to your your investigative people but you know why he didn't because he'd have to face too many goddamn questions like why 
and there's no and i bet you if he if he tried to get and i bet you if he tried to get him in biden investigated in this country wouldn't even been a, a need for a whistleblower they would have told him they would have told us about the scheme day one. Oh, look at what they're trying to do they're trying to get the fbi involved in doing it they would have told us american media would have told us day one the reason you needed the reason the reason there was a whistleblower because this was an international thing they decided to, to be slick and they were going to go to ukraine and have this done but to, tell, but to tell the world i want nothing president Zelensky do the right thing when president Zelensky told you in the call i just recalled our ambassador uh from the u.s and he will be replaced by a very competent and very experienced ambassador who will work hard and making sure that our two nations are getting closer stop it this was a plan this was done by design jeez how hard is it how hard is it talk to me y'all wow if you can look into it that's what he asked him to do to look into it this was look again now in the phone conversation, it, it was no, it was no quid pro quo in the sense of, I'm well, there was a quid pro quo. Listen, sorry, but there was no mention of the aid, and there was no, oh, you have to do this or you won't get aid. That was not mentioned. That wasn't mentioned here. But there were at least a dozen of the phone calls and meeting in which it probably was. That's the whole point here. That's the whole point that the others. That's the whole point that the Democrats are making in this one. But outside of that, there was definitely a quid pro quo. And when Trump says he didn't want anything, no, that's a lie. First sentence, first half a sentence within the White House transcript already shows you. I would like it already tells you I would like you to do us a favor. That's not even a full sentence. I would like for you to do us. I would like you to do us a favor. That is in the transcript. That's what the White House put out. There's no way. There's no way to deny it. Now the quid pro quo might does not show up in here, at least in the terms of the aid. The aid isn't mentioned here, but the request, the request for an illegal investigation, that is, that is here. Y'all need to look into the. Y'all need to look past the trees and stop trying to say, oh, well, you know, it, it is partisan, sure. But it was certainly partisan when it was all Republicans trying to bombard Zelensky about some uh, investigations, wasn't it? Was it was it was it was it was it bipartisan when y'all was doing that? Was it was it bipartisan when you were up when it when when it was confirmed that the aid was upheld? Was that bipartisan? Was it was it bipartisan reasoning behind it? No, because you wanted you held up the money because you wanted him to conduct the investigation on your political rivals. So again, it wasn't about national security. It wasn't about the U.S. values or American values. Again, the Republican keeps lying. The Republican Party keeps lying to you, and, and they they, try, they they keep coming off. They're fronting. They're fronting like they about American values. Values don't extort. We don't extort people. That's not what good values are. You don't attempt to bribe someone and then get caught and say, "Oh, it was it wasn't anything." Yeah, those are not good values. Now, for what is worth, Gordon Sondland, uh, his his testimony at, at best, uh, you know, just to just to kind of save republicans just a little bit just a little bit his testimony was a little bit erratic um you can say that there was a lot of presumptions and all that because again they'll they're, they're gonna say well you didn't hear it directly from trump 
but you don't need to hear it directly from Trump when it's already been when it's already been you know confirmed that it was it was at least three heads going on in, in the planning and the execution of this plan and it's Mulvaney and uh, not only Trump it was Trump Mulvaney and Giuliani so as long as you have as long as you, as long as the two key pieces were corroborated that being Mulvaney and also being uh, Rudy Giuliani again do we need to hear it come directly from Trump even in the see again 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 he might not have said directly nothing directly from Gordon Sondland. He might not have said directly to Gordon Sondland, of course, this is what we want, blah, 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 blah. But he tells Zelensky straight up on the phone, I would like you to do us a favor. I'm going to keep driving that point into the ground because that's what he asked for. That's what he asked for directly. I would like you to do us a favor, pinpoint blank, and then we get into the direct, we get into, can you look into it? That's what he says. If you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Stop it. They have a strategic partnership. That is according to Zelensky. Stop playing the games with me. Stop playing the games with the American people, Republican Party. We know what time of day it is. Anybody who doesn't want to accept it is, you know, you know, they like y'all. They, of course, they're a defender of y'all. They're, they're always Trumper. I wouldn't call myself a never Trumper because... That, that doesn't make any sense. We already, you're in the wrong, bro. You're in the wrong. You you're, you, you got caught head red-handed, okay? And stop, and see the Republicans are gonna do, and I've seen it. They discredited, they, they tried to discredit Silent. They tried to discredit Vinland, a decorated war here. They tried to, they tried to discredit Ivana, Ivanovich, uh, Ivanovich, Maria Ivanovich, who was a decorated and, and long-standing uh, political official dealing with these countries. They wanted to discredit her, and then they always they keep trying to put up Obama. Their biggest, their biggest argument the first day of of, of testimonies was that the Obama policy under, uh, well, the Obama policy for the Ukraine. Uh, it did not involve any type of aid. He was not giving them a whole lot of aid or giving them weapons. That's what they wanted to base the defense on. But again, okay, Obama didn't provide the Ukraines with the weapons or the 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 adequate aid, quote unquote, that the Republicans wanted. But the Republicans had no problem with withholding the adequate aid because there was no investigations that benefited them being conducted. See, 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 you can sit there and say, well, Obama did this. But what are you doing right now that we are seeing in real time? We are seeing obstruction of justice. When you tweet against a person at, in the moment of giving their 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 um, testimonies in a court, you're obstructing the justice right there. We can sit there and say Obama did it, but it's all a lot of it is hearsay. And it's all good. It's see, it's it's okay to hear. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's hey, it's one thing to have to, to see a, a really crazy story from a white ring media source and all that. Of course, you got all that talking about Hillary and all this, but every but see, the truth is in is in the transcript. In the Republican release, because we're gonna call it the Republican release transcript because that's who's running the White House right now. In the Republican release transcript, Trump is asking for something. He's asking for the favor. That's even in your, that's in y'all transcript. Y'all can't even lie about that. Y'all can't even deny that. You're trying to make it as though it's something everybody else does. That's what Mulvaney did. 
Again, I highly doubt that a black man doing this is going to get away with it. I'm sorry. I can't. Not in this country. If Obama truly did this and y'all had the evidence, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be excommunicating him within two weeks. I'm sorry. I do not believe. I do not believe. I'm sorry. There was a quid pro quo. There was, there was, uh, there was some foul doing here. And it's going to take some time, but it's going to come out in the wash. And it'll be up to the, the Senate Republicans to handle this, which... We'll, we'll have to wait and see. That is that is Republicans, that is the conservative Americans' last hope is the, the Republican Senate at this point. Everything else, I'm sorry, it's it's in, it's against Trump and, and what I'm saying and from what my understanding is. I'm sorry. There's I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna quote it again. Y'all go read the transcript. Y'all come out at me. Y'all see for yourself. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking some NFL uh, NFL action. I got the top eight power rankings I want to go through, and then I got some college football to go through as well. Of course, we have a new top four uh, for the college football playoff. Of course, some new rankings been released, so we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about that as well. We'll wrap everything up uh, after that today. All right, y'all, I will be right back. All right, y'all. I'm back. Let's break down some NFL, uh, some NFL talk. I got some. I got my top eight power rankings for you guys. We're just gonna breeze through it. We kind of know who these players are, know how they got here. So we're just gonna just go through it real quick. You're starting at number eight. I have the Chiefs here at seven and four. Of course, uh, they for now they are in the driver's seat of the AFC West. Uh, the the Raiders have made it close with three straight wins in a row. Uh, the Chiefs uh, got a much needed win on Monday night versus the Chargers they still have a lot of questions to iron out along that defense it is still one of the worst in the league uh, but they still they still have Patty Mahomes uh, so that should be enough to get them to the playoffs at the number seven spot we have the Vikings over here at eight and three uh, they are um, within striking distance of the NFC North that's the best that I can say uh, they uh you know they pull, they run the ball pretty well with Dalvin Cook, one of the best, I would say, one of the leading rushers I think in terms of yardage and touchdowns this year. Uh, so they are they do have that factor. Kirk Cousins has come uh, has come somewhat of a way through the start of the season. Of course, he's throwing more than 98 yards a game. Uh, Stephon Diggs is definitely helping out a lot with that. Uh, you do see Adam Thielen; he's been injured the past couple of weeks. Kyle Rudolph has stepped up to an extent uh, to help out with that passing game. So you have the Vikings here at number six. At number six, you have the Packers here at uh, eight and two. Uh, also, a team here um, that has a semi-decent. Uh, uh, they have a pretty decent running game. Uh, the, re- the receivers, kind of like the 49ers, they leave a lot to be desired. They drop a lot of passes. Uh, I think one of the best. Well, outside of Devonte Adams. They don't get a whole lot of production there. They don't really have a solid tight end there. Uh, that's definitely, for me, an Achilles heel for this team and enough to keep this team a little bit lower in the rankings this time around. At number five, I have the Saints here at eight and two. Uh, they seem to write, They seem to have righted the ship a little bit since that debacle uh, versus the Falcons a couple weeks ago. We will see what next week brings. Of course, they have one of the legends at the quarterback position on that squad. They have 
Drew Brees. So you definitely got to give them some props there. They have a solid rushing attack. And of course, we already know about Alvin Kamara who can do, who can run the ball and then catch as well. I have to, uh, the Saints here at number five. At number four, uh, I have the Patriots here. Of course, uh, they are nine and one, but the two eight and two teams I have ahead of them, I just think they have better wins than the Patriots. They looked a lot better than the Patriots. Um, and then the, the, the loss that the, the Patriots did take, they looked to be all out of sorts. And it looked to be against a team that was that's very credible. And I think that means a lot to me. So I have the Patriots here at four. Uh, at, they are nine and one, but just the way that they've been playing, I'm not, especially if you look at Tom Brady's numbers, I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly impressed with what I've been seeing. At number three, I have the Ravens. They are at eight and two. Uh, is one of the this is one of these eight and two teams that just feel that I just feel that just has a better just it just looked this is it just looks more like a complete team as opposed to the Patriots. Uh, of course, they do have a couple losses again this year. Uh, I just think they looked more competent and it looked like a better team despite the two losses. That's just my opinion here. Uh, they have the best uh, running game in the league. Uh, they have Mark Ingram to, to give the ball to. They have Gus Edwards, of course. You also have even Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson making some running plays as well. Uh, he also makes plays in the air, so that's the most important thing on the ground through the air. They get it done. Defensively, uh, they have a really great secondary with Earl Thomas. Uh, they have Jimmy Smith there, and they also have Marcus Peters striving uh, within that position. So, I, you know, I definitely have uh, uh, Lamar as a, as a MVP favorite. I'm not too sure if the Ravens are a, a, a outright Super Bowl favorite, but I think they definitely uh, have a, ch a chance to win not only the division but go deep into the playoffs. And number two, I have the Seahawks again, another team that I feel that has just a better. Uh, better schedule uh, and, and a lot more going on uh, than the Patriots. A lot of more, a lot more uh, quality wins, including the win uh, against the 49ers a couple weeks ago. So again, I think this team is on the rise. We're talking about a team who can run as well. Uh, we're talking about a team that's pretty much balanced with Russell Wilson, who can run himself and also throw the ball pretty well. He's very accurate and he does not turn the ball over a whole lot. I believe he has one of the lowest uh, touchdown to interception ratios of any quarterback this year. So look out for that i got the seahawks here at number two and that means of course at number one we have the niners here uh there's some weaknesses about this team but as far as i know it's only shown up in one loss so in, in all reality um so uh, i think the niners of course they don't really have the greatest receivers but they do have george kittle uh, they have a very uh productive running game with matt Breida and tevin coleman they can score of course they can, they can uh they can gain a huge yardage on run plays. I like that about that team. They're like an old school team with some, um, with some, with some modern, uh, you know, modern flares to it. So I definitely like the 49ers, one of the better defenses. Uh, Smash Mouth. Uh, I think it's the second best scoring defense. Yes, the second best scoring defense in the league. Uh, there's not much you can say bad about this team, uh, except for the one loss against the Seahawks. And again, that's probably why the Seahawks here at number two, just from what they were able to do. Uh, but let's move on into some uh, key matchups going into week, what is this, week 12. Um, we're going to talk about the Colts and the Texans who will be facing off tonight. Uh, this is a big time AFC South matchup. Uh, the winner of the division may be determined tonight in my opinion. Both of these teams are 6-4. and four. As far as a favorite in this one, I have the Texans uh, with a slight edge. I think both of these teams are even, however. So look for this to be a close game. Uh, probably a last, uh, last possession fourth quarter type of game. And finally, a big game that I have coming up for Sunday. Uh, this is going to be a big Top NFC matchup between uh, 
the Packers and the Niners. Of course, the Packers are eight and two. The Niners are uh, nine and one. Uh, this one should be a very interesting contest. Uh, there's many things that well, there's things that both these teams can do and both these things that they they, they can't do. And they're kind of similar. I think the Niners have a better defense, uh, but I think uh, the things that make the, the Niners defense pop also make the Green Bay defense pop. Uh, the Niners can get after the quarterback. Not, the Packers, while albeit not as good as the 49ers, can get after the quarterback as well. They have capable linebackers, and I think their secondary is about even uh, as well between cornerback, safety, so on and so forth. I think they're definitely even at the cornerback position. I think the I think the 49ers may have some better safeties. Uh, in terms of up front, of course, uh, you got to give the edge to the Niners. Of course, like I said, in terms of the pass rush. And in terms of quarterback play, of course, you have Jimmy Garoppolo going up against Aaron Rodgers. Both teams uh, do not have great receiving cores, so it might come down to who can run the ball better and, of course, who can get, who can defend. And um, the Packers may be able to run the ball slightly better. But I think the Niners have a better defense. So I'm going to give the Niners the edge here uh, by at least two scores. Just, well, maybe 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 seven points, maybe just a touchdown. Uh, it might be relatively close, but I definitely have the Niners uh, pulling this one out. I just think they're very a very strong team. And I think they match up a little bit evenly. Uh, but I think the Niners, just uh, in terms of the secondary, in terms of their defense and also their pass rush, is just a little bit better, and I think their running game is just a tad bit better too. And I think the game is going to go down to who can win in the trenches. And I just, I just have a feeling that the Niners, uh, they win that one. Um, let's move on to some college football. Of course, we're going to wrap this show up for today. We're going to go over the top, um, uh, the top. Actually, it's uh, yes, uh, the top four uh, for the playoff rankings here. Of course, the top twenty-five, the new top twenty-five AP poll is out. But again. They're only taking four teams into the playoffs, so the most important teams right now is one through four. So we don't even need to go to the, go to one to twenty-five at this point. Of course, you know how I've been doing it, just doing the top four and a few teams on the outside looking in. But let's uh, take a good look at these rankings real quick. We have Georgia here, who has made um, made their made their first appearance into this top four. Uh, they are at the number four spot, uh, and they are nine and one. The last game for Georgia was a win, uh, twenty-one to fourteen on the road at number sixteen. Auburn. Uh, Georgia has currently the, the sixth best defense in the nation, uh, which is 20th against the pass uh, with 192 yards allowed per game. And also they are third in rushing, which is 76 yards allowed per game. I'm not, a, I, and this is the, the feeling that I have about um, Georgia. Honestly, I just think Georgia's up here to make that that SEC championship game to solidify that SEC team SEC team goes uh, to the playoffs. In my opinion, um, there's a lot of bias. In my opinion, I don't think that Georgia, as a one-loss team, is necessarily has a better better schedule than Oregon or Utah. Um, Again, I, I really just think they they got here over the benefit of the doubt. They just put they just put Georgia up here. Uh, again, I feel like uh, Oregon has been the hotter team. Uh, they have an opportunity to come in, come into uh, the end of the year with ten victories against Power Five uh, Power Five teams, meaning the Power Five conferences. Um, I don't think Georgia has that. I don't think Georgia is going to win the SEC title. Um, and I and I just think again it's some more SEC buys. I think if if again the more SEC teams you have here, uh, because again if Georgia uh, makes it to the SEC championship game and they're still fourth in the nation or they happen to move up, and LSU beats them, 
Uh, that's just that just solidifies LSU uh, within the conference. That's the only that's the only thing that it does here. It's just say, oh, well, there's another big time win for LSU. That's all that it is here, or who you know. So I, I think it's BS. I don't think Georgia belongs. I don't think Georgia's that great this year. And I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, at number uh, three, we have Clemson here. Uh, they are 11 and 0. Uh, they are here. You know, by default, they haven't lost yet. Uh, they have not played a, a particularly great schedule. Their conference has been weak. Uh, but again, uh, they looked pretty strong against the weak conference, and they, they at this point, are still undefeated. At number two, we have Ohio State, who is 10-0. They have an opportunity to pretty much put them in the driver's spot uh, for the Big Ten Conference this weekend. They will be playing against number 20, if I'm not mis mistaken, Penn State uh, at home. Chase Young, their top defensive end, is going to be Back. The top pass rushers gonna be back. I got Ohio State winning that one, uh, and look for them. I think they might take a jump this week. It depends. It depends, of course, on how LSU plays. Uh, but I, I like Ohio State this week to take a jump. Uh, so that leaves at number one. We have LSU, who is at 10 and 0 this year. Uh, they gotten past Bama. Uh, now I think all that's left for them. Uh, is the SEC championship game? I don't think they take another loss this year. Of course. Um, they should go in there. I mean, again, LSU, I believe, has earned a spot. I don't I don't ride with Georgia. That's just my opinion. I'm down with LSU, but I'm not down with Georgia right now. I think they just kind of just push Georgia there just out of convenience, uh, in my opinion. I, and I don't I, I honestly do not like the SEC bias. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Georgia is not going to be winning uh, the SEC championship. So I'm going to see why they're this high. They're not beating LSU. That's that's where I have right now. And a couple teams on the outside looking in, of course, you have Alabama. Uh, they have the one loss there to LSU. Uh, Alabama is just really hoping that somebody takes an L. Uh, that's their best bet right now. Same thing kind of with Oregon, unfortunately, uh, being at the number six spot, which is just super, just in my opinion, just super weak, dude. Um, this team is just... Uh, as, as in my opinion, earned their spot at least within the top four, maybe even top five right now, maybe just on the outside looking in, but not at number six. Uh, they've uh, pretty much handled anybody who's coming coming in front of them, and they have an opportunity this year, like I said, to have ten victories over top uh, well power five conference schools. So again, um, Oregon makes it has a chance. They have a chance to play in their, their actual conference championship game. Uh, so that puts them over the likes of uh, possibly uh, Alabama. Uh, maybe even Georgia if they take another loss. Uh, so again, I, I, I mean, I definitely think that there's some bias right now in these rankings. I've always felt that it was. They're always leaning to the SEC. I don't think everybody in the SEC is, is great. Sorry, I don't think you can put anybody in the top four from the SEC and they'll win it. Outside of Alabama and every other year you got LSU really good. Outside of those two teams, I think anybody in the SEC could be beaten. And I think a lot of times the media, for whatever reason, they just they just give the SEC all types of passes. And um, I don't know. I mean, because the the only the only top five think about it for Alabama, the only loss they have, the the one loss that they do have, is against a Power Five school that was ranked. So. You know, and that's the only team that they faced so far this year that was even relevant. Again, they'll be facing Auburn uh, near the last, I think their last game of the year. That's, of course, their their rivalry game. But that would only be two victories. I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't know. There's a lot of bias in my opinion. Um, I can't wait until we at least expand at least eight teams. I think we need to expand this playoff to at least eight teams because, again, I don't think we're getting a full assessment of college football. When you're having two SEC teams out of four, 
it's not a good balance. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, and, and again, you'll say, well, that's because the, I don't think the SEC is all that great. Again, outside, again, outside of the one championship Georgia won, uh, I think it was last year, something like that. Or if they have, have Georgia, has Georgia even won a national championship yet? I don't think they've had. No, they haven't. Let me take that back. Outside of Alabama and uh, LSU, and you had a couple years Florida won a national championship, there's three teams that you could say, okay, Auburn won one in 2010. There's 13, 12 teams in the SEC. One team is the one, only one team is, is really winning every year, and that's Alabama. Out of the 13, 12 teams in that conference, Alabama is is typically always within the national championship discussion. Florida is not, it's not, Florida has a couple losses this year. They've already been eliminated from the discussion, right? Uh, we, we look at uh, LSU, they're still in the running, but that's it. You know, you have, you know, again, so in, in, even in this year, Alabama has taken a step back and they might not miss, the, may, they might not make the playoffs. So I think the SEC is entirely overrated uh, outside of Alabama and LSU. Uh, that's the unpopular opinion, but I'm going to keep by that opinion because if we look at the track record outside, who wins national championships in the, in the SEC outside of Alabama and LSU, uh, Auburn has been able to account for one. Okay. I'll give you that. Florida has a couple, uh, that's it. Uh, Mississippi state hasn't won shit. Ole Miss hasn't won shit. They haven't been close to winning shit. Uh, Missouri, we've already talked about Missouri and, and Texas A&M. The two, the two, uh, the two, uh, they moved in. They moved in a couple years ago from the Big Twelve. They haven't been close to even winning the conference championship yet. Uh, we look at Kentucky. Kentucky has never won shit. The last time they won a, a conference title was in the seventies. So I believe outside of the Big Three, uh, which is uh, Florida, LSU, Georgia. The SEC is relatively very top heavy. Uh, it's top heavy, uh, and then you have the nerve to have teams like you had the nerve to see Alabama in week seven of the year, week ten of the year, playing teams like Western Carolina, a Division two, a Division two school. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I don't. I, again, outside of Alabama, uh, who consistently wins national championships, the SEC is overrated. Again. The, uh, the evidence of a strong conference is the fact that multiple teams can win championships at, a, at any given time. Uh, if we look at last year, uh, Clemson won. Look at, look at the ACC. Let's look at the ACC. Only two teams from the ACC in the past five or six years have won a national title, that being Florida and Clemson. Does that make the ACC a great conference? No, not at all. I think Alabama, for in terms of the SEC, is a great team. But does the SEC does that make the SEC a great conference? No, no. Wake me up when Georgia, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, uh, Missouri—they all win national titles. Wake me up when that happens. Then I'll then I'll believe you. Again, we're looking at another year. Again, it's either again the SEC is either LSU or Bama. Maybe one year out of out of nowhere you might see Florida, but normally it's Bama or LSU. That's not that's to me that's not a hallmark of a great conference. That's not a hallmark of a conference that dominates people. Sorry, you only have two teams that represent you on any given occasion in the national championship game. No, they're good. LSU is good. 
Alabama is good. The SEC, hmm, have, say what you will. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. If you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook page and a Instagram as well at ljamaljani. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is ljamaljani, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. A D J A N I. I also have a Facebook page for the show as well. Uh, it's basically, never out of bounds, just like the name of the show. Never out of bounds. You can find me up on there on Facebook as well. And uh, that's a wrap for today. My next episode, uh, I will be going. Actually, I I should just do it now. Uh, I'll put it out tomorrow uh, at some point tomorrow tonight. Uh, well, tomorrow night or maybe even Saturday morning. But I will be working on that part seven. I'm wrapping up the part seven for my Golden State issue. So I have. That ready for you guys ASAP. That'll be my very next episode. And then for the weekend, uh, of course, like we always do, we'll be breaking down some college football, some NBA action, uh, some football, of course, as well. And of course, you'll you'll be definitely getting another another update on this Trump inquiry. All right, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. Peace out, one love, and I'll highlight you guys later.